Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet that has the science and the screaming to figure out through science and screaming what is the single greatest movie of any given year, and we're not even going to attempt that tonight. None of that is going to happen. Guys, we're just going to have a fuck around episode. Do you guys think that people, our audience is like, how come they don't fuck around enough? Yes. Yeah, that's the biggest complaint I've had my whole life. You guys are so regimented is what people say. I mean, we're out here talking about 2019 movies and people are like, man, they're so good at that. But take a break, bros. Yeah. You know, chill back a little bit. Less science, more screaming. Now, this episode is called the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Moody because movie of the year, M-O-T-Y, Variety Hour. And so we're just going to do a bunch of crazy shit. Do you guys, uh, uh, what are your suggestions? What do you think we should do? I say crazy shit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with crazy. Like nap time. The first podcast nap ever. I think everybody should talk about their favorite race and why. <laughs> for uh, me, it's probably the Daytona 500. I was going to say the 24 hours of Le Mans for me. And I was going in a totally different direction than you guys. <laughs> oh, yeah? And I'm so glad you were here to uh, save me from that. <laughs> like bicycle races, maybe? Uh, yeah. Like uh, nerd. I think that if your uh, vehicle has like gas and engine, then you're cheating. Like That's not cool. Why, do, yeah. why don't your feet pedal that shit? Um, Flintstones car race. Do you guys have a breakfast that is different than the fresh and fruity Ola Rudy from IHOP? Like, do I get a different breakfast than that? Yeah. I'm a big bacon Gouda guy at Starbucks. Oh, that's a classic. That's a, that's a classic. That's a classic. That's a classic. Right there. <laughs> that's the flavor of your coffee? That's my favorite coffee flavor. <laughs> Delicious bacon Gouda. Bacon Gouda. Uh, so this is a breakfast... Is sandwich. It a, it's a sandwich. So it's not just the bacon and cheese in your hand. No, it's a very tiny sandwich. It's on ciabatta, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got like a little egg disc, and then some Gouda cheese and some bacon, and I, it's it's very good. And Starbucks has is is doing that thing where it's not like they don't say we microwave this egg real quick for you. Yeah, but what is it called? The sivu play where like you put it in a bag and sous vides, sous vides, so so vide. That's so vide. That's so vide. <laughs> How much? Yeah, the two egg discs. How much more likely are you guys to order basic ass gross shit if it has a French name? Sous vide is gross oh. though because they just like boil it in a weird bag. Yeah, they put it in a plastic yeah. bag to drown it to death <laughs> in hot water, and they're like, "Don't you like that it's puffy?" <laughs> no, mine is not made that way. They put it in a good old fashioned American convection oven, uh-huh. and they toast that shit real quick. Have you guys at your own house ever put micro- uh, eggs in a microwave? No, to cook them. No. That's monstrous. Because I've heard like it doesn't feel good. Like <laughs> it's rubbery. You feel, but like the texture isn't good. But like the taste is the same, right? Probably. And the protein. Well, the you same. know what? I, I have not like cracked a raw egg, but there's like the eggs in a little milk carton. I've poured that. Like when I was trying to be healthy years ago, Ooh. you just pour that on top of broccoli, throw it in the microwave, and you're like, I hate my life. Yeah, that sounds pretty <laughs> grim, man. <laughs> Here's an important question: What is the biggest breakfast that you guys have ever made, even though nobody was home and you're the only one eating it? Have you guys ever gone to town and made like pancakes with chopped up fruit and whipped cream and all that stuff? I used to make myself these huge parfaits. So I would chop up like a ton of bananas, a ton of strawberries, a ton of like blackberries, raspberries. It would take all morning, <laughs> but no, none of the stove. And be gone in like 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But none of like the stove things. Like I haven't made myself like a tall stack of pancakes. Yeah, I, I can't do the sweet stuff alone, but I I'd, I'd typically do a lot of scrambies. 
a lot of bacon, a lot of sausages. It is weird that if you're married or with someone, uh, eating sweet stuff together in the morning is totally fine. But if you do that by yourself, you're a monster. <laughs> you fucking loser. You're if we're both having coffee cake, that's just normal. But if I'm just sitting here eating a coffee an cake, entire on my coffee own, cake, just put down an entire Intamin's <laughs> raspberry danish. <laughs> Got to fuel up for work. <laughs> the way that Greg does it is he takes a slice, a normal slice, puts it on a plate, puts it in the <laughs> trash, and eats the rest right out of the box. Guys, we uh, we were supposed to do mixtape tonight, but we already did it yeah. with the U20. So uh, we're going to go into a variety hour of things that you two don't even know about. No. Are you ready for this shit? We asked, and you said that we weren't allowed to know. I, yeah, you spit in our face, which was rude. I asked what you guys wanted to do, and you both started screaming pancakes. So yeah. you're going to be disappointed. Pancakes. We're not eating pancakes. 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 <laughs> uh, I think we're going to have a good time. The first segment is teaching you guys how to say words at the same time. Uh-huh. And then after that. That's tough. Same time. Same, same time. Same time. We're going to talk about Pan- them movies. Gentlemen, a little later in the show, we're going to do uh, some classic games like Genre Switch. And we have a new game called Alternative Endings. But through most of the show, I wanted to talk to you guys about something different. We're supposed to be looking at 2019, but you have to admit, 2019 is the end of a decade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, it's hard to argue with that. Filmspotting.net just released their 16 greatest performers of the decade. Okay. And they do it, and they just list them. But I see the number 16, and you know what I do? (laughs) I put those motherfuckers in a bracket. So, we are going to decide, just the three of us, who was, who owned this entire decade. Okay. I put them into the bracket, and I did not seed. I shuffled. So, Mike, this is what I you always want. Chaos. Everybody shuffled. <laughs> Here we go. Your first seed, not number one, but first up, is DiCaprio. Shutter Island, Inception, Jay Edgar, which we probably don't need to mention. Uh-huh. But that went to Django Unchained, then The Great Gatsby, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Revenant, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Okay. Does this seem like he has a shot? I, it yeah, seems like he has a, a shot. stinkies. And, uh, like, really great performances, highly lauded performances this in, was big def- movie, in big, important movies. Mm-hmm. This is definitely the decade that I switched from cute uh, star yeah. to, like, I think he has chops. Yeah. That's probably because this is the decade he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, he's really, really good in that. I think, yeah, honestly, if you had just said, this is the number one seed, I don't think I would have been... Super surprised by that. I wonder if it wasn't for already giving him the award for The Revenant, a movie I don't like in a performance that was fine, he would have gotten all the shit for Once Upon a Time. Mm. He is going up against Michelle Williams. Oh, oh damn. Who was in Blue Valentine, also in Shutter Island, Meek's Cutoff, Take This Waltz, My Week with Marilyn, where she played Marilyn Monroe, Manchester by the Sea, Certain Women, and then All the Money in the World. I'm trying to discount TV here, although yeah. she was wonderful yeah. in Fosse Verdon. That's very hard to like not bring that into the... And that's going to happen she a made lot. that show. In this bracket, there's so many people who did better stuff on TV than in film, but were movie of the year. If we're, if we're just movie versus movie, it has to be him. But if you said right now one of these two performers is going to be in a movie, I'd be more excited to see her. Her, I would. But think. is it is it what movies are better or performances in those movies? Because I think she is pound for pound like the best living. I think the the thing right that now. we do have to uh, forget about is who do we want to see in twenty twenty one? Because we are saying or twenty twenty even like who owned the decade? Yeah, right. This is not about the future, and which person owned the decade? Because I feel like she has the back end of the decade, but he has like the totality of the decade. Mm. Okay, so it's not who's better. 
No, it is it's just who's more who did better often. in that year or in that decade. And whatever that means to you, it could mean a lot of right. different things. Right. And like this is definitely somebody who had two supporting parts could be better than somebody who had four leading. It mm-hmm. just depends on what you're looking for in an actor. If that person was maybe like Florence Pugh, for instance. If I mean, <laughs> unfortunately, she came on at the end, but otherwise she would destroy this decade and this bracket would be done. Because of the beginning of this decade, she was probably a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> she was in diapies, which uh, is weird. You don't have to wear those as hey, a teenager. Some people learn at different, different rates, Ryan, okay? <laughs> it's a long night, right? What am I supposed to do? Not drink any water? Or what is she supposed to do? Not drink. This is about her. But like after you're done drinking water, you can go into a bathroom, sit on a toilet, and then just do your thing. Sounds like we know what. Body freaking duh. King of the mountain just goes to a toilet. Sounds like we know how she got her nickname Pew, right? Pew. (laughs) Thanks a lot, everybody. Her pee stinks? Because her pee probably stinks. She eats a lot of asparagus. asparagus. (laughs) Michael, Leonardo DiCaprio, or Michelle Williams? Michelle Williams. Greg? I'm Leo. And I'm Leo, too. I'm a Capricorn. I want you guys to start calling me Leo, too. Your next matchup, Adam Driver was in Francis Ha and Lincoln. And then he had supporting roles in Inside Lumen Lumen Davis. While we're here, he starts to star in movies. Now he is making the Star Wars trilogy what it is, right? Uh, Is he, at this point, the most memorable thing? Yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, if we did the regular seating, he would be number one. Midnight Special, Patterson, Silence, Martin Scorsese movie, Logan Lucky, Black Klansman, the report, the dead don't die. Ghouls. And marriage ghouls. story. So he, he has... Shit, good deck. In this decade, he has ghouls and outer space. <laughs> space. Uh-oh. He talks funny. One minute, please. <laughs> he, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. He's the most reliable uh, uh, when the director says, like, I just need you to do that again, but different. Uh-huh. He will do it different. <laughs> he's got that long lockdown. I'll fucking take you different. He is up against... Tilda Swinton. Oh, shit. Who ended the last decade with Chronicles of Narnia and then went to We Need to Talk About Kevin, Moonrise Kingdom, Only Lovers Left Alive, uh, Snowpiercer and Okja, so she was a Boon John Ho supporting actress, The Grand Budapest Hotel, Hail Caesar, Doctor Strange in the MCU, and The Souvenir, a movie about uh, where like her best friend uh-huh. uh, wrote and directed. She's in it? Yeah, she is in it. She plays uh, the, the girl's mom. She plays She's the, also in the Dead Don't Die. She plays the mother of her own daughter. If you need someone to like be a weirdo. <laughs> it's the part you were born for me to play. <laughs> if you need somebody to be a weirdo for five minutes in your movie, yeah. which one do you go to? I don't know. Man, tell us what the other thing is like uh also you could the, her she has this other gear which is like stunningly beautiful. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she'll just be in a movie as extremely beautiful woman and you're like, wait, I feel like I know who this is. Who is this? Yeah. You're in disguise yeah. because you're all decked out. <laughs> It's a bummer the Narnia movies weren't better because she is an ethereal space queen. Uh-huh. Like, I understand why you'd betray all your siblings to just go sit next to her. <laughs> and like, if Kylo Ren rises above the Star Wars franchise, what's her name? White Witch? Yeah. And it's the name that she was born with rises far above the Narnia <laughs> Easily, series, yeah. right? Yeah. Easily. Oh, man. But I, I, for me, Adam Driver might be my favorite actor right now. And I... If you want someone to come in and be nutso for five minutes, it's maybe her. But if you, what if you need a really deep performance? I think it might be him. 
And if we're talking about the, the decade, she might have Friends syndrome. Like, Friends can never win most 1995 sitcom because it just owned all the 90s. Yeah. And she's just going to keep being ageless and timeless, <laughs> where he definitely owns this decade. This is the driver If you decade. keep just playing characters that are literally ageless and timeless, that's going <laughs> to happen. It's going to win. That's going to win. And if you were also born ageless and timeless, that's like you should be an actor and just be like that forever. Uh, Adam Driver saw Tilda Swinton like winning. And then in the last three years of the decade, just said, fuck this, yeah. and then chased her off. Is it Driver? Yeah, I think yeah. so. He's the wheel man. Your next matchup. Jennifer Lawrence started the decade with Winter's Bone. And then we went uh, X-Men and Hunger Games. I don't know if that takes away from her or not in your guys' eyes. Uh, then did Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle. That was her David... That o- takes away from her. That was her playbook. David O. Russell period. And then... Mother, she was in. I did not see mother. Did you guys see mother? I no. I did not. Uh, but I wanted to. Does that count for anything, Ryan? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to Mark that down. chiefly because of her performance. Who's she up against? Jessica Chastain started the decade in supporting roles. We didn't really know who she was yet. With Take Shelter, one of my favorite movies of the decade. The Tree of Life, the best movie of the decade. And then The Help and Zero Dark Thirty and Interstellar, and then Molly's Game. Molly's game is so good. These two come from different things. I think that Jennifer Lawrence started character and went star. Mm-hmm. And then I think we lost a little bit of it. What I didn't mes- mention is Passengers. Not that I'm trying to talk shit on Jennifer Lawrence, but uh-huh. her Chris Pratt rapey uh, oh, space movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. We were all so excited for that movie. And then it was so uncomfortable. Whereas Jessica, we were like, oh, we do have stars. We have these two stars. These are our stars. Yeah. And then and then Jessica Chastain, I really like how she never really got out of that character actress mode. Have has so Lawrence has range and I think got too big too fast. But like Chastain always kind of leaves me cold. Yes. Does she like fall into it? Is it she only plays cold characters or no, I do, there's something I do think it's purposeful. Distance. But like even if it's purposeful, if you're not into it, you're not into it, you know? Yeah, you can't hold yourself responsible yeah. for that. We are talking about an actress that is very warm versus an actress that's very cold. For like, sure, yeah. A big part of uh, Jennifer Lawrence's performances is you kind of fall in love with her every for every character that she is. Mm-hmm. And Jessica Chastain, you sort of fear, you know, like, yeah. oh man, this is th- like she is big and it's got uh, sharp angles, right? Yeah, and uh, like for instance, Molly Molly's game, which is so hard for me to separate her from that performance because that's like the biggest role she's had and it's the most recent movie she's been in and she plays a character that is like this extremely high achieving and all she can do is win 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 no matter what and there's a coldness to that too you know the other reason why this is an interesting battle is that i think that often jennifer lawrence uh tries to and then does outshine the movie yeah and i think Mm -hmm. uh, jessica chastain often lets the movie outshine her and those are two very hard things to compare. Yeah. Because they both have their disadvantages and advantages. For me, I think it's it's Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah? Yeah. J-Law. Yeah, Mike? J-Law is in. All right, let's do one more before we move on to a game. Black Widow was way more important to us than we ever thought it would be. And then we had, at the beginning of the decade, we had Don John. Do you guys remember that? Like, uh, What's his name? Jennifer Love Hewitt. Jessica, Jonathan Love, Thomas, uh, where she played like a Brooklyn guy. Then she was in Under the Skin, a movie, a, a performance that could go as number one of the decade right there. Uh-huh. We did not see her in her, but she owned that movie. 
Hail Caesar. She was only in for five minutes, but owned it. And then we finally have this year's marriage story. And Jojo Rabbit. I forgot to put that here. Scarlett Johansson is going up against Edward Cullen. He started off the decade as Edward Cullen, but then went on to Cosmopolis, The Rover, Maps to the Stars, The Lost City of Z, Good Time, Damsel, High Life, and The Lighthouse. Robert Pattinson made his way out of Twilight to work with every single important director of this decade. Wow. Does he stand a chance? I don't think so. Because no. like he, he just played in the indie pool for so long, and she just owned every franchise and everything. I like I never thought that I would like I never thought that I would like really like Scarlett Johansson as much as I do but I never thought that Robert Pattinson like what was the other guy in the movie Tyler Lautner Oh yeah Taylor Lautner, Taylor Lautner. Yeah. I thought he would go on with him and yeah. do nothing yeah. with him and Robert Pattinson is now a, he's fucking Batman now guys Yeah yeah He's a big deal and, and we're excited about it Yeah I think that's a good pick But I don't I don't think he has a chance Yeah okay So ScarJo Mike Yeah okay I mean, maybe like the biggest actor going right now. And so far, I would say uh, like a really good mix of star and talent. You know, Mm -hmm. like she can do Mm -hmm. both of those things. All right. So our first round gives us Leo, Adam Driver, J-Law, and ScarJo. Uh, We're going to play a little game. And then later on in the episode, we're going to do the rest of the first round. And we're back. This next segment is a new segment. It's called Alternative Endings. We are going to, at random, choose a movie from 2019, and we are going to give it an alternative ending. And what we mean by that is, what if this random alternative rock song was playing (laughs) over the ending? I'm so glad I didn't interrupt you to make that same joke, because that's what I almost did. I almost just jumped in there to say the same thing you were building up to say, which I think is a staple of this podcast. One of our (laughs) premier moves. Greg and Mike, you guys are up first. You guys are going to go toe-to-toe on the, on the same movie, but I have to decide who does it better. Okay, so we're each going to pitch our own ending. No, no, you guys are going to go together, build on the same thing, okay. and then I'm going to decide who built it better. Okay. And there's no points and no best friendship. Okay, so there's no, there's no point at all. No, just like all of this. Guys, your movie is... Do you want movie or song first? Movie. Your movie is Dumbo. Dumbo. So think about the ending of Dumbo, and now it is set to classic alternative rock song, U2's Sunday Bloody Sunday. Well, I got to say right off the bat, he's not going to fly, right? We're going to change the ending so that he's just going to go splat, leaving a huge bloody stain, right? Am I wrong? Is this crazy? But... On his way to the bloody stain, he starts tearing up the circus, stepping on Michael Keaton, stepping on Danny DeVito. He's an angry elephant. He's like, I will never be caught by the law. I'll fly off this cliff. Is this all like the Irish would do? Yeah, this is what the Irish would do. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking the bloody stain is his own splatting on the ground, right? I'm saying it's such a Sunday, bloody Sunday, that there's blood before his splat. And and after after his splat. Well, it feels like a different movie. It feels darker. It feels more hardcore. Fuck you, Tim Burton. We made you even Man, darker. You two was such a different band back then. This is before they were forcing their way onto all of our iPhones. <laughs> that is true. But this is like an important song that made us feel things. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was still though like no matter what, whether they had a lot of message or very little message, it was always like, "But your mom will like us," you know. Like uh-huh. that, that's still always the music that they had. And I guess that would work for Dumbo. 
You want to you yeah. get on that Dumbo? Moms mom. love Dumbo. My mom is a Dumbo. <laughs> She's fucking stupid. And she has giant ears. <laughs> All right. Um, I forgot to have you guys do the whole thing where like I'm a, an executive at a Hollywood studio. Oh, and you okay. guys come in. So I'm going to give it to Mike for being less dark. Oh. Great. Hey, way more people died in Mike's. <laughs> yeah. But mine were bad. Okay. Because they're humans. So. Greg, you're now the executive. Ah. Big, big executive Greg here. All right. So we got this movie we're going to remake or change in some fashion. The Secret Life of Pets 2. <laughs> All right? And then we're going to, over the end of this movie, New Order's Blue Monday. Okay. Go. Wow me. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start it off, and then, Mike, maybe you take it after that. Um, all of, these, all we'll of these pets are like, I don't know if we're that secret anymore. Should we continue to be secret? And I think this is our chance to not be secret anymore. Pets exposed. I love it. Yeah. All the pets start talking to their owners, and the owners freak out, and then it, it turns into a, a bloody war between talking pets and their owners. <laughs> is this- and all over like a very like Blade Runner-y shot and lit uh, New York City Pets v. Owners. So, so with how does it feel? Basically, the owners are like, uh, "Pet, I don't know what you're saying. I can hear that you're speaking English. Obviously, you got some sort of secret life. But I, I like, what are you trying to say? And the pet is like, um, it's just like being a human. Like, what is that like? How does it feel? <laughs> and, and then, because of improv, we shoot to a Blade Runner dystopian <laughs> future where there's dead pets everywhere. <laughs> Cyberpunk is so big right now. I gotta say, yeah. this feels pretty good. I'm going to green light this. All right. We did it. Green light it on a blue Monday. Green light. Green light. The movie is Hustlers. Oh, I saw this one. Change the final scene so it's the cures, boys don't cry. Well, we I think we all remember what the famous final scene of Hustlers is, right? Where they all look at each other and they're like, aren't we all hustlers? Didn't we all, in our own way, hustle? hustlers. I'm going to assume from my memory that this movie ends with all the hustlers having moved on and it's kind of like a, this is what they go do later, like Animal House style. And what was our song again? <laughs> Boys Don't Cry by The Cure. How does that go? Boys don't cry. Which is the name of a different movie. <laughs> so you guys can bring in those characters if you want. So yeah, oh yeah. Then we get like a Hustler Boys Don't Cry Evers. I honestly felt like Hustlers as a movie was mostly about boys crying. Mm. Yeah. It, well, so it's it's arch and ironic. We're kind of doing greatest hits of all the the worst shit those women did to men, and we're loving it. <laughs> As the and then we're flash forwarding, and they're doing even worse shit to the government. As the executive here, can I? Uh, what you know? What's hot right now? Slumdog Millionaire. Remember how they <laughs> out of nowhere had a big musical scene right at the end of that movie? Uh-huh. Why don't we do that? Where all the boys are crying, and then all these girls that you have, all these hustlers, then they sing this song teaching boys how to be. How about like all the boys are crying and their tears are coming down, and then a, a woman is dancing like in the they have that thing like the big like martini glass that they dance in sometimes, oh, yes. but it's all just filled up with male tears. <laughs> with male te- I love this. That's a dirty martini. And, and all the, all the tears are becoming diamonds, and they're just like rubbing the diamonds on their faces. How? What is the budget for this movie you want to make? Listen, 
I know a I know sure. a diamond guy. Uh-huh. All right, he's the uncut gems guy, and he's got an inside line on a lot of gems. I can tell that you're close because you call him that, the yeah. uncut gems guy. Uh, I'm gonna buy it, Greg. You want to do one more? <laughs> you know what, guys? This seems like a good idea. All right, let's get a fresh movie. Let's get a fresh one. All right, uh, you guys know this movie. It's the Good Boys. There, they're not they're not bad boys. They're not bad boys forever. They're good boys. But, Mr. Big Pants Hollywood, uh, Good Boys did not have an alternative song at the end. We want to redo it with one. Do you have one? Were you thinking of Beck's Loser? (laughs) I was thinking of Beck's Loser. All right. Hit me. So we all know how the the, the normal end of Good Boys, they were chagrined and learned their lessons. Uh And they they were going to even be gooder boys. But but, but with this, we, we flash five years forward and they're all just like working dead end jobs. And they're just like serving up hamburgers or going door to door, hanging up pamphlets. And then loser kicks in and they're like, fuck this. And they start throwing all their job things. They, they stop being losers and good that's, boys. And good, be the bad boys they should be. That's pretty good. But uh, what I was thinking is that uh, they are losers and they get a job as Beck's roadies. Uh-huh. Uh, and they walk like the equipment back and forth and set it up. And Beck sees them and can't sing any other song but Loser. Uh-huh. So all they hear all of the time is the song Loser. <laughs> uh, it ruins them. Uh-huh. They, they fucking kill themselves like bad boys. And then uh, Beck's career is also done because every time he has a three yeah, and a half hour them. performance, he only sings Loser over and over <laughs> and over again. Which is why, connected because this actually took place in the early 2000s uh nobody knew it was a period piece it's why the next album he released was uh just on paper it was just a score and he went you fucking play it yourself i'm not releasing a cd because he couldn't play music but anymore. at the last second it, at beck's last show his goodbye show he jumps up in the air freeze frame he shoots to 2049 d- dystopia world <laughs> dead pets are everywhere uh-huh. that's their secret life now and now beck is fighting blade runners <laughs> and the aliens from ai come down and reconstruct civilization based on the pets. I and love it. The aliens are like, where's Haley Joel Osment? I miss that guy. I will take two. I'll take two of this movie. Okay. So we have you on the hook for this and the sequel. Yes. Okay. Or Good. you want us just to make it and then remake it. Just make it. Reset. The, do the same one twice and we'll take the better of the two. All right. That's like 12 great movies we just came up with. Uh, when we come back, the rest of the bracket. <laughs> That was hilarious, guys. Did, <laughs> did, don't you think we did such a good job? Good job, us. We're the good boys. It's just that w- when we say alternative endings, they think that we're going to change the ending. Right. But we put an alternative rock song over the ending. I love it. My goodness. Which changed the ending. I'm afraid that this one is the clear. This next one is the clear number one seed. Um, I'm Still Here started off the decade for Joaquin Phoenix, which uh, was a yeah. uh, big middle finger to all of society saying, I'm like a rap idiot bearded fool then we go to the master then we go to her then we go to inherit vice then we go to you're never really here i included this for you greg then we go to don't worry he won't get far on foot thank you uh then we go to the sisters brothers then we go to winning the oscar for joker which is a thing that happened that sentence makes sense there's a context that makes sense (laughs) for that sentence are you guys nervous that the bracket is done uh, we, I think we spent a lot of time in the, for, in the other round saying, oh, this should have been the number one seed, but he's clearly the consensus. He's the tip top, right? I just like, when you work with PTA, that's going to be a hard argument for me, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now that Daniel Day Lewis, DTL, yeah. is out of it, it feels like it's easy to say that he it's is. the JP. 
And I do thank you for bringing up. He won't get far on foot because he was very good, and you won't get far on foot. On foot. What is that? It's a, a biography, a biopic, I guess, um, about like a cartoonist who was a huge drinker, and then as a result of a drunken accident, uh, became a paraplegic, and just um, how that like for, if for good and bad didn't slow him down. He was like still a problem drinker, and he's like trying to recover. Good for him. He's not going to let any tragedy change his life. Nope. Uh, but it was it was funny and uh, and heartwarming. I always wonder, like, when DDL watches Phoenix PTA movies, or when Robert De Niro watches Leo Scorsese movies, are they always like, <laughs> "It's fine. It's like <laughs> totally move forward with your life." I can do that. It's, no, yeah. It's, it's Obviously, fine. you have to work with other actors. I wouldn't ask you not to do that, but not that one. <laughs> Did it have to be that role? Oh, there should be a thing where, like, once you bow out from that director's like go-to guy, you should be able to like, here's five that you cannot. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole Tom Brady, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo thing of like, I want him traded because he's handsomer than me, <laughs> and I hate that. He's going up against Ethan Hawke. So Ethan Hawke started the decade with Before Midnight, a almost moody winner, came so close that he was in the purge. Threw that one in for you, Mike. Thank then you. He was a part of Boyhood, which again took 14 years to do. Uh, that's impressive. And then he was in Predestination, a movie that only I and my friend Nikki have seen. And then he was in First Reformed. <laughs> was so Daybreakers not this decade? Doesn't matter. And probably not good. It's Walking Phoenix versus Ethan Hawke. We love Ethan Hawke here. Yeah, we thanks, do. We really do but... on this show. <laughs> and he was so good in First Reformed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But the catalog, the oeuvre, is just really hard to go up against Yeah, the and Phoenix. I cut out a lot of their like bad movies or bad performances. I cut out, like for nobody did I have to cut out more movies and performances than Ethan Hawke. Like, Ethan Hawke's the kind bunch. of guy who takes every role. As an, like. as an artist, he tries everything. He says yes to everything. This guy has written a book. He has his own album. Like, And they're not good, but he gave it a shot, man. <laughs> they sure exist. I don't know if this one is going to surprise you guys. I don't know if you thought he would be in the first round. But started the decade off with the Tree of Life. And I think that showed us more than anything. Then started Moneyball. Then uh, supporting your role in Killing Them Softly. Started in World War Z. A movie that I've never seen, but I feel like I should watch soon. Nah. 12 Years a Slave, he was awful. Then he was in Fury. Then supporting your role in The Big Short. And then won the Academy Award for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, guys. Did Brad Pitt have a good decade? Yeah, Hell yeah. And for where he was in his career, I don't think anybody, including him, expected this. Like, the 90s really feels like Pitt's time to shine. And then he was just like, fuck you. I'm going to keep going. At what point did you guys think that he went from star to talented actor? The more and more food put in his mouth. (laughs) When he lost his boyish good looks. Was it Moneyball? Yeah, it's right around that time. I mean, it's this decade, right? It's, it's, It's right in here. Yeah, what was wild about the the Tree of Life Moneyball One Two Punch is both of them he played a normal dude, which I feel like he'd never done before. Mm-hmm. He's just a dude ass dude in both of those movies with with flaws and different issues, but like the world didn't treat him like he was a dreamboat in those movies. No, and I, he didn't like put on a weird accent. I don't think he is good as like the normal like the straight man leading role, like uh even like uh Seven Years in Tibet or Meet Joe Black. Like that's all boring. And I don't think he's good when he goes full on like twelve monkeys or like uh, all snatch. the yeah the, the or snatch that doesn't do it either. But like then he in this decade he like combined the two mm-hmm. and made each part interesting. And uh, maybe it's recency bias, but once upon a time 
in Hollywood. Uh, that like playing the whole movie is like a murderous like sociopath mm-hmm. uh, and then like always seeing that peeking out and then it just finally like pours out right at the end and you cheer for it uh, that that was a very interesting performance it was so good that eventually we'll find out that brad pitt in real life did kill his wife and we'll be like yeah you know he he, he did it. very method very method that's a classic that's an old school hollywood thing to do he's going up against oscar isaac Oh, oh shit! Our boyfriend who started the movie uh, or started the decade in Drive su- supporting performance, and then Inside Luma Davis, a most violent year, Ex Machina, and then he became both Apocalypse and Poe Dameron, <laughs> and then was in, in Annihilation. I have to say, my favorite Oscar Isaac story is uh, he he tells this himself he was going to be in Age of Apocalypse, and he was like so excited to work with all those actors. And once they got all the makeup and costuming on him, all he did was in between takes, they would like wheel him into a room with a AC to keep all this stuff from melting. And he's like, I didn't get to talk to anybody. <laughs> oh, I never got to be thing. around all these other actors. And it was just treated like Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> yeah. Just wheeled everywhere he had to go. So I uh, like, I really came around on Brad Pitt. I think that I love Oscar Isaac too much. Like that decade, I didn't name that many great movies. Uh-huh. I'm not sure what to do here. Mike, settle down, please. I, I just it's frothing at the mouth over here. Not sure how to handle it. Uh I, I do think for like the owning the decade, I, I got it yeah, Isaac's might just be too upper butt. Ex Machina, his performance is again, a lot like Brad Pitt, so scary the entire time because mm-hmm. you're like, something's gonna come out of this and I'm just not totally comfortable with what it is. And then as more and more stuff gets revealed in that movie, you realize just what a monster he really is. And then that's so different from like a Poe Dameron or like a lovable, I don't know about lovable loser, but a loser and uh, Llewellyn Davis. Llewellyn Davis. Yeah. And, but like a loser that like, maybe not lovable, but your heart breaks with every bad decision he makes. Which is every decision he makes. <laughs> it's just all the decisions. I think that's such a big part of it for me is that uh, he is always, every role is either the angel or the devil on Pot Filter Hall of Fame, Nick Miller's shoulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> like He's either way worse or way better than Nick Miller. And as Poe Dameron, one of the great parts of the recent star wars movies all right guys this is it mike pitt or isaac isaac greg i am a brad pitt man on this one i'm going isaac oh isaac moves on take that bradley she has four nominations i want to say uh two of them with greta gerwig uh starring role in an action movie called hannah and then was part of the like all of these people were in the grand budapest hotel uh, Brooklyn was huge, but I don't think it was until Lady Bird and Little Women that we truly learned that Saoirse Ronan is one of our greatest, right? Yeah, we didn't yeah. exactly know what we were fucking with until these movies. She's going up against uh, one in Academy Award for 12 Years a Slave, No Not Brad Pitt, and then was Maz Kanata and in Black Panther, went the franchise route, and then was two, count them, two roles in Us. It's Lupita Nyong'o. Dang. Shit. It's hard when you have to play two roles in a movie. Uh-huh. But to Eddie become Murphy always found a way. <laughs> two completely different people in the way she does as Red. And what's the other one? Saoirse Ronan. Saoirse Ronan. You know, a movie you didn't even mention because it didn't have much of a splash, but she was amazing in, was that uh, Mary Queen of Scots. Uh-huh. She's really good in that. And, like, trying to actually be the queen and just not get absolutely destroyed by all the different forces in her life. 
for me, I think it's definitely her. Um, she's one of these actresses that you watch her working and you can't see where she begins and the, and the character ends. Like she gets so deep within the movie in little women. The only one that gets close to her is Florence Pugh because she's the only other actress that can actually do something like that. A lot of these people we've mentioned, I love them as performers, but I always feel like I can kind of see them behind the character, mm-hmm. driving the character. You don't see that with Cersei Ronan. You never see that. She's so deep down in there. See, I was going I was leaning towards Cersei, but I think based on what you're saying, I that makes me lean towards Lapita. Like Lapita yeah, definitely think, disappears more. I think I kind of know and I'm probably wrong what Cersei Ronan's personality is like and lupita i do not fucking know like she i think she's a chameleon and she can she does like comedy and so i'm sure she does as well this is hard they, they, these are the two very good actors but now you have to pick one mike go lupita greg cersei ronan it's lupita the final round of the first round the final battle of the first round remember we're not taking into consideration tv uh, she had spent the entire decade mostly in indie dramas, mostly done by like people like the Duplass brothers. I don't know if you guys are into those movies, but it's like The One I Love, Queen of Earth, The Square, and then Her Smell came out, and then she destroyed the screen, oh, yeah. and then she finished the decade with a supporting part in Us and held held the screen with Lupita Nyong'o. It's Elizabeth Moss. Elizabeth Moss is so good. Her smell, that is like... The movie called Her Smell. Yeah. Uh, You're not just going to describe her smell I'm not just going to opine. I have never been near her, so I don't know what she smells like, but I imagine she just smells very clean. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the movie, Her Smell, is... She is so amazing in it. And it's almost like us in that she is playing like two different versions of the same person. Uh, When you see her as like the rock star and then you see her as like the person who has like basically lost everything in her life. This one's hard because this might be the best example of like maybe not the best resume that I read, but mm. we can see you have the most talent, clearly. Like, yeah. You are clearly the most skilled at this job. And putting aside her TV, she's an amazing actress. And then if we were allowed to peek if at we're those, allowed to if we were, which we can't, <laughs> but I mean, she's the best part of Mad Men, and that's a movie that features, or that's a show that features Don Draper. If you oh, that's how we talk about it. We just call it movies. Now we're yeah. talking about Mad <laughs> You remember Men that really and, long and, movie? And uh, if you had to pick like ten of the top TV performances of the decade, uh, her in Mad Men, her in Handmaids, and her in a show called Top of the Lake might top all of the Lake make was top so ten. Good. But we can't Fuck. talk about that. Mike, have you ever heard of Elizabeth Moss? I have. Who's she up against? Started off in Chronicle, stole the movie. He was just a kid then, but we already knew who he was, right? Because we were wondering where Wallace at. Where Wallace at? Then he met a gentleman named Ryan Coogler, uh, starred in Fruitvale Station, then starred in Creed, then co-starred in Black Panther, and then this year, a movie that we at no point talked about for like the best of the year, but I've heard good things, is Just Mercy. Gentlemen, is Michael B. Jordan. Shit, Michael B. Jordan. Now is this who we want to go on a date with? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help me out, though. <laughs> um, in Black Panther, he is such a magnetic presence. That, hey, auntie. That even though he is a murderous, like, hyper-violent killer, people were like, does this guy have a point? Yeah. yeah. Like, Should I don't know. Black Panther? <laughs> is his point handsome? Is this <laughs> is this guy our king? I mean, I, I don't know. He just kicked the shit out of him. 
I think because if we're not allowed to talk or think about or remember that TV exists, I think his presence casts a much bigger shadow in cinema than hers does. This is Elizabeth Moss is definitely the one that no TV hurts the most. I have to say, I have not. I, I don't think I've seen a lot of his big roles, and so that's hurting me. Like to have not seen Fruitvale Station, mm-hmm. it's hard to comment on his acting. And that's one of those movies that's like uh, less about the movie than like having the camera on him and having him control it the yeah. entire time. But what he does with big stuff, not just Black Panther, but Creed movies, like those should be dumb and forgettable. And that's why people are like, let's care about Rocky again, because he crushes as Adonis. But what about the argument that he is a star plus and mm. Moss is a talent? An actor's that, actor? Yeah, that can be a star. Yeah, I mean, it depends. I guess that's like, what, what are we talking about then? What do we want out of this? I do have to say, we obviously love the Marvel franchises so much. But he came in and did something completely different from what any actor has done in them, which is he's like, I'm going to give you an actual person here Mm -hmm. in the middle of your weird comic book movie, and I'm going to make it so compelling that even though I'm saying murder, 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 you're going to be like, I like this guy. Which he said the entire time. Like, anytime the director gave him a note, he was like, oh, you want me to do that in the middle of your weird comic book movie? Okay, I mean, I guess I'll do it. (laughs) And yeah, he broke the streak of they only have forgettable bland villains. And he's like, fuck you. I'm yeah. going to make this. What if the villain's the best part of the movie? It was Loki and no one. And then we have him. All right, Mike. Elizabeth Moss or Michael B. Jordan? Michael's B. Jordan. Greg? I'm going to say Elizabeth Moss. I'm going to say Elizabeth Moss. I don't know. It's it, hard. They're, they're all cruel cuts. That's it. We have our eight. When we come back, we're not going to talk about them. We are going to do something a little bit called this name called genre switch a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So before we get back to uh, who is the performer of the decade, let's do a little genre switch. Uh, Mike and I are going to get to go into Greg's executive office, which is very nice, and has a jacuzzi. Please come in. Make yourself comfortable in my wonderful jacuzzi. And apparently you can- already want to remake the movies of 2019? Baby, listen. 2019's over, right? We need new movies, huh? But not, not so much new movies as the movies we've already had, but then we reboot them in crazy new ways it's been four or three months it has oh check it out so people can't stop talking guys about ford versus ferrari do you agree with this yes they love that movie everybody's dad was sure this is going to be the best picture but it wasn't and do you know why because it wasn't south korean because (laughs) it wasn't in the genre Sword and sorcery. Of course. Oh, shit. So give me Ford versus Ferrari, but it sword, sword, sorcery. So uh, pit stops. Have you heard of them? Yeah. That's where the action is. <laughs> I agree. And a lot of times, cars will come in and they'll be like, uh, "Pit stop, please." You have to say that, otherwise uh-huh. they won't do anything. <laughs> and they will. You got to be polite to your crew. They'll take your race car cleats off, and they'll put on sandals. Right. And that would give you the power for sword and sword. Not sandals like flip flops, like you know, like. Winged sandals. The, Winged the sandals. The leather thonged around your ankles. And if you're wearing sandals, then next time you drive up next to a car, you can hit it with a sword. <laughs> this As hard as you can. It doesn't even have to be a light hit. I have to say, this sounds like a bad idea. This this one, this guy's does not sound like it's working. Do you know what it sounds like? Ching, 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 ching. Uh, what you're pitching sounds like Ben-Hur. Uh-huh. But, but with cars. With high-powered automobiles. But these cars sometimes fly. Because they're wings, but they fly too high, 
crack that that invisible layer we all know is there, which is why Methuselah lives so long. And then there's space dragons. The firmament. So You're the sorcery. Speaking the firmament, yes. Of the thank firmament. You. So they break right through the firmament. And so now it's Ford versus Ferrari versus dragons. <laughs> which makes sense because the first dragon they meet is Ford Dragon. And the next one they meet is Dragon Jones Ferrari Smith. And those oh. two are now going to fight each other. Uh-oh. Okay, I love it. And let me tell you who wins. You do, as the audience member. The viewer. The viewer does, yeah. And we do everything for the viewer. All right. How about another one? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Let's think of a movie people like. All right. You guys are probably aware of Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. The Ford versus Ferrari of their own day, (laughs) someone might say. But here's how this movie needs to be. This is perfect. Just a slice of life. <laughs> okay. Day in the life. So they're done fighting the cars. They're done fighting super, <laughs> super souped up Idris Elba. And it's just like, what? what's it like when Hobbs and Shaw get groceries? They One of them has this family that we don't know about. They're just dads. They're just taking their kids to school. It's probably like, oh, I'm going to carry 10 bags of groceries. And mm-hmm. it's so weird that they were fighting cars, and that's all over, because they're fathers to cars. They have a, they both have families of <laughs> yes. three little cars. Families of cars. <laughs> and they put little fucking bonnets on them, and they put them in cribs. You could call them a garage, but we call them car cribs. And they rock them to sleep every night, because that's what a dad does. You know? And we, and then they rerun into Idris Elba, and he's like, "Look, I get it. I have my own car crib family, and we're off book right now. So I'm not. We're just at Trader Joe's. We don't need to fight." And that's the thing is that like you would think because of what Idris Elba said is that we don't have to fight now, but then all of a sudden they're in a cart race through Trader Joe's, racing for pink slips of the carts that they own. They bought their own carts because they can't they can't leave it behind. No, they no. want to. So what we're seeing them is they're interact. They're acting out. All their action hero fantasies. Yeah. Uh, Two things of bagels spinning around yeah. with chucks. And like, oh, you think you're going to change that diaper fast? Check this out. I changed it twice as fast. And the baby dies. But that diaper got <laughs> fucking changed. That's <laughs> too quick. <laughs> that is the true sudden infant death syndrome. <laughs> well, this movie sounds wonderful. You don't have to buy it. Slice them. of life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that this is the slice of the life that I wanted. So I'm going to have to ask you both. To instantly leave my office and go to some secondary office. Hey, guys, where are you going? Do you want to come into my office? Oh, yeah, sure. sure. We were just leaving a first office and going to a second one. What are your names? Uh, I'm Schmeagles. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm Beagles. Schmeagles and Beagles. Schmeagles and Beagles. I, I love that you guys work with each other. That's awesome. We you, had to. When I found met. out his name, I was like, <laughs> Beagles, listen. It'd be stupid not to. Yeah, this is ridiculous. We either got to open a bagel shop for dogs. Or start writing scripts together. And it turns out, bagels poison dogs. So we decided to do the script thing. I'm sorry, are you saying that bagels are made of poison dogs? Bagels are just poison dogs. All right, guys, I am looking for a new movie, and I heard that you have one. And uh, according to my secretary, she said that you have brought in a remake of Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Excellent. But but it's a Western now. It's a Western? Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, this is a little movie I like to call... Sheriff Pikachu. Oh my god, I love it so much. All right, so we are in the Wild West. We're no longer in Pikachu City, which is where I understand that the, <laughs> this movie takes place. We are on the frontier of the Pokeverse, and 
out here, we've got bandits and mm-hmm. train robberies. Um, Team Rocket's all over the place. Team Rocket is everywhere, and they are, of course, the bad guys. Bad. Uh, and, and and Pikachu, he's he's not like your normal sheriff. He kind of falls into it. He's kind of a scammer. But uh-huh. then Wait, I mean, he is, finds this a, out. is this a hero that is like rejecting the call? Yes, he, he doesn't want the, the badge. He doesn't. Yeah, well, he he, and then he's like, "Well, I want to get treated well in the West, so I'll pretend to be the new sheriff they're sending in, whoever the big they is." Uh, and he finds out Team Rocket. He's on all the water. He he, yeah, he he flees. Uh, he does not want to avenge the killing of his father, Pikachu. Uh, and instead wants to go and live his own life out on the frontier. But check this out. His hat, it's a cowboy hat. What the fuck? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I so, sort of remember Detective Pikachu with a detective hat. Yeah, Deerstalker. Yeah, the and real, you're going to flip this all on his head? Yeah, uh, right on his head. I'm going to flip my cowboy hat right onto his head. And probably, if you're lucky, some spurs. I have to say that like I was hesitant because of how poorly Detective Pikachu did, but you guys seem to understand the world so well. Yeah. You guys seem to yeah. know everything about it. Well, the, well, at the end, when he's like fought through the corruption, and then his new friend who's there is probably like some sort of Mew or Mewtwo is like, I know it's tough. That's the Kanto region, Peak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, you get, if they get to the end of the story and there's neither a Mew nor a Mewtwo, all the characters just look around until he shows up. <laughs> like, oh, okay, there he is. Uh, we don't make old school westerns anymore. We do like meta stuff, or like it, you know, it like redoes tropes. What's the one western trope that you guys are really going to change with this movie? Whorehouses. Uh huh. What are they now? Uh, now they're all going to be full of squirtles. <laughs> Weren't they always? <laughs> yeah, the westerns were really into squirtles. <laughs> All right, get out of my office and then come back real quick. Let me All have right. you pitch one more. Well, just wait, then we're coming. Just right change your ties. Um, I have heard that you guys have an idea for Men in Black International. Yes, we do. But <laughs> you are going to, of course, turn it into a courtroom drama. Okay. Uh, the Men in Black have just been operating without like any real oversight right. for years. Are they going to go to jail forever? They're going to go to jail forever. <laughs> the Geneva Conventions of Space have pulled them up. On all, like, because they'll let, like, human immigrants go, but they fucking murder some aliens. I, I, I can see a line where someone says, gentlemen, the men in black themselves are on trial. Of course, yes. Yeah. Uh, the whole system's on trial. I don't care about a script. I want to build an entire trailer around that one line. Yeah. Is that possible? Mm-hmm. The, listen, the movie is going to be mostly jury selection, which I know doesn't sound very good, but imagine it, all the one? different types no. of aliens. That one? No. That one, that's just a, a scene, maybe. That one, no. That's just one scene right there. Do you think you could be objective in a trial that involves the stealing of coaxium? Like, uh, no, I don't think I could. My mm-hmm. uncle used to steal Stole coaxium, coaxium. So okay. I'm not sure. But, I mean, it, this is rife for courtroom drama because it's, it's a paramilitary force with zero supervision and all of them have no fingerprints weapons that literally dissolve a person's existence this is fucked up of course there's shady see i'm a little (laughs) i'm a little concerned that it's not uh right for courtroom drama because uh they're guilty in every single way and that's obvious to everyone aren't they going to be put away forever nobody can handle the truth ryan Oh, I forgot Nobody about that. Who Every- shot off this guy's head, causing a second head to have to grow in place? That sounds wait, like the Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> so wait, you're gonna bring in? I love this meta angle. You're gonna bring in actual Tony Shalhoub, yeah. as a witness. He will yeah, be. He's he'll be Monk. <laughs> he'll be the one who cracked the case wide open. You know, he's different, but he's, he's but finicky. 
Uh, he uses that to help him crack cases. The only thing I've ever seen in any movie that I've ever liked is the scene where uh, Mrs. Doubtfire runs back and forth changing costumes at like two different tables in the same restaurant. Can we have Tony Shalhoub run back and forth and be Monk <laughs> and then be Tony Shalhoub yeah. and then be the guy from Men in Black? So it's just like Tony Shalhoub, a normal dude, Monk, so he puts on rubber gloves and a suit and then the alien, he's just sweaty and has a gold chain on. I have no choice but to buy it. Yeah. You guys did a wonderful job. When we come back, the greatest performer of the decade. Gentlemen, we got to do this. Here we go. It's Leo versus Driver. 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 You guys did that faster than I ever thought you could. I, uh, I, think, forces a- to. I think Adam Driver is among my favorite people, even though I don't know him, and I'm sure he's kind of surly at moments. Does it bother you that he just like walked in and didn't have any training and was just, like an automatically a good actor? No, having no natural gifts myself, I always... Uh, <laughs> I, I respect always, those who Yeah, do. that's not good for you, man. It, I, I assume, by the way he talks, all he eats is yogurt. Maybe that's the key to everything. <laughs> I was going to say granola, which on their own are disgusting, but together... Dream team. That's a good dream. Dream team. Are you guys at all like worried that now Lena Dunham will always be around because she gave us Adam Driver? I, I haven't felt like she's been around recently. J-Law versus ScarJo. I'm not asking about who has the better mishmash of name nickname. Uh-huh. This is the okay. performance of the decade. Performer of the decade. If we're relying strictly on that. Right. It's got to be ScarJo. Yeah, I, I think ScarJo could be Katniss Everdeen. I do not think J-Law could be her. I, yeah, like the back five years of the decade, I have been falling in love with ScarJo's talent, and J-Law just fell off like I knew she would. I predicted it, and you guys thought that I was going to be wrong. I said you were ridiculous. Lupita Nyong'o versus Joaquin Phoenix. Ooh. Lupita has the shortest resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of what I that read. That hurts. And he, he has a, he's and Joaquin one. has the longest. And it feels like we're like maybe just, well, it's just for this one decade, so it doesn't matter what he's doing now. Those those days are over. For me, it's Joaquin Phoenix. I feel like he's like he's like the goat right now. I feel like he's yeah. the guy. F- from from like real art that matters to the Oscars, he's owned it. Speaking of Oscars, guys, it's Isaac versus Moss, comma Elizabeth. Who is this? these were also two sort of shorter resumes. Yeah. I love Oscar Isaacs, and I mean like that's my boyfriend, but Elizabeth Moss, I don't know. I, I just keep finding like new dimensions to her performances. Uh, and she had some just stellar. I, I, as just actors, as just performers, I think she's got it over him. You know what's weird too is that uh, she's so skilled that I always feel like she's going to cross that ledge of like I can see the work. Uh-huh. You know how like I was always worried about like Marlon Brando or Meryl Streep. Like I bet I can see like the strings this yeah. time, and she never gets to that point. No, uh, yeah, it's Moss, Mike. You, Oscar for me. Your vote doesn't matter. Cool. Driver versus ScarJo. What a marriage story we have. Oh, no. It was always going to come to this. I hope you die. Every day I wake up and I hope you die. <laughs> and that's just Greg saying it to Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> I, I, who is going to punch uh, through drywall? I, I think for, for the, like, the decade of the decade, like from the beginning to the end and running the gamut from art to blockbusters i think you have to give it to her that's the thing is that uh it is like arbitrary dates you know like we're gonna set the date 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and then see what you did then and so if it was four years ago maybe driver would win but we didn't we said it 10 years ago yeah body of work i don't know like i think it's got to be her i think it's got to be her as well and i don't know if adam driver adam driver is 
weird and interesting, but like I don't know if he has an under the skin in him. Yeah, you know, that's gonna be always my go-to. And under his skin is obviously a big weird rectangle. I just thought it was you. Like you were in a big <laughs> bear suit of Adam Driver. <laughs> Ghouls. I'll and, understand that when I see Midsummer. Probably. And then it's Joaquin versus Moss. I think Phoenix has burned Moss up. Yeah, Joaquin. Man, like I love so many of his movies. I love Inherent Vice. I love in his performance. I love uh, You Were Never Really Here. Joker really like put a bad taste in my mouth. For like, I yeah. want to go against him. I know it, it's uh, everyone got painted with the same brush in that movie. It's we have very negative feels towards it. And then it's Joaquin versus Scarjo. Joaquin. I mean, uh, it, not to make it seem like it was a waltz right into the to the championship for him, but I don't know. He's probably our greatest living actor. This is the her championship. Yeah. Oh, do you have a thing from her you could yell right now, Greg, like you did for Marriage Story? It was really good. Do it again. <laughs> Dance. Uh, oh, I love her. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember that. Part. That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I will say that uh, I knew that Phoenix would be in the finals at the beginning of the decade. I did not know about that about ScarJo, so I think that's awesome. But, yeah, uh, Phoenix was in the master. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, the, <laughs> the best movie ever made. And, like, at this point, you got to pull at any thread you can. And he says uh, pretty admirable stuff off stage, and she says some pretty horrific things I try to ignore all the time when I watch her in movies. So Please. I say you might as be walking on the sun. Everybody at home, don't listen to the celebs. You know, like go watch. Oh them. yeah, no, yeah. turn them down. They're just, just like us. They have stupid opinions. <laughs> you don't want to let these people perform and then never look at them outside of that. Congratulations to Joaquin, uh, Leo, Driver, J-Law, Scarjo, Lapita, Joaquin, Isaac, and Elizabeth Moss. Who is the most likely to win in 10 years? Oh, shit. Driver. Lapita. You guys both had good answers. But Joaquin Thank takes you. it down. Mike, tell mm. Greg to tell us about a website. Greg, just tell us about a fucking website. Yourpopfilter.com is our central Obvious. hub on the internet. <laughs> Basic. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is where you can do all your Amazon shopping, uh, and it benefits us, so please to do that. And then what else? Oh, uh, Patreon.com slash Yourpopfilter. That's where you can just give us money, and we'd appreciate that. And we give you extra tent. And you get something in return. Pop that tent. (laughs) Uh, Mike, people (laughs) may want more of the things that you just said. Where should they find that? Uh, if they want more of what I just said, they could find that on the Superhero Show Show, where I'm saying that in relation to comic book television with you and Cassie. Or they could hear me talking about pitch and tens on the OCD. We're fucking Cassie hand. leaves us alone. <laughs> Get off our ass, Cassie. <laughs> Jesus. Let us just do our thing. Uh, Greg, how can you get in touch with us? You can contact us at contact at yourpopfilter.com or you can hit us up on Twitter at yourpopfilter or Instagram at yourpopfilter. And that's it. That's the only way. Those are the ways. Leave us alone. Guys, Otherwise. I am loving the 2019 season of Moody so much, but I have to get out of here because I want it to continue. I want to end this show and get to the next show. Let's go back to Moody. Let's get back to Moody. Congratulations to Joaquin. That's it. Mike, any last words? One word. Greg, any oh! last words? No, you used it. You screamed O. Oh, that was it. Criminy. Criminy. Uh, when we come back, we're back. And not, and not, but not now. Goodbye. Goodbye.